Are we recording now? I just checked it on. Yeah. Ah, why not? Yeah, okay. no, this, we don't we don't have to change how we're doing anything. We'll just check right. it on in case there's any gold in it. We can edit in later. Which yeah, it probably yeah. won't be. <laughs> we're gonna be like we're gonna be like those gold miners who sort of, you know, spent fifty years by the banks of the Clutha, you know, panning for tiny flecks of gold until they were old and haggard with beards down to their ankles. Mm. And they'll say, how did you spend your life? And they said, oh, I don't know, just listening to Kevin ramble. Mm. This is what it did to me. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me now. Look at me. I'm I was, a shell of a man. I was young once too. I yeah. had hopes and dreams. I'm, I'm only 23. <laughs> I'm only 23. Oh, oh, but here I am by the banks of the Clutha trying to start a podcast. Well, how did it come to this? The choices uh, I made. <laughs> Where did I go wrong? Fuck Robert yeah. Frost and his forks in the road. <laughs> Yeah, the path not taken. Fucking uh, hell. Talking about the paths not taken. It wasn't just like there was a single choice. It was like a, 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 a whole clusterfuck of choices which led to me to this point, Kevin. <laughs> I, I, slipped, I slipped off the bank just before the two paths diverged. <laughs> <laughs> fell down, fell down the hill. Get the tr- Ended up on the banks of the Clutha. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I haven't been able to climb back up the hill. So I, thought, well, climb well, back I, guess up. I guess I have to yeah. stay here now. Yeah, I'm looking for the road. Uh, All right. Welcome to this podcast. Welcome to Two Tired Dads, the, I was going to say penultimate episode, which it might be, but I meant the second episode. Uh, We're too tired Uh, to do a third. (laughs) Probably. What is the, not the, it's an American, not Freshman. Sophomore? Oh. Is that your sophomore episode? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah, freshman, welcome sophomore, to the... <laughs> junior, senior? Know, Maybe. Anyway. anyway, welcome to the second episode of Two Tired Dads. We've uh, we've decided to have another swing. You're with Kevin Andy, broadcasting from glorious isolation in Wellington, New Zealand. As the mm. coronavirus rages on mm. and uh, we're holed up in quarantine with our wives and families and no way out yeah except uh this podcast it's pretty bleak actually i'm in a pretty dark place tonight kevin honestly I, i'm reading the the nightly news death updates for light relief <laughs> that's what it's got to wow that, that yeah that, that is, is it? that is serious is it dark, um, too dark <laughs> See, yeah, that was a, that was a that was a bit of a downer to, to kick it? things off. With. And yeah, that little... that wraps up episode two. So tune in next it. week <laughs> where we discuss purgatory. Yeah, how's your week been? Was it week two or three of quarantine? I'm losing oh, track. God, I've lost track. I, I, honestly, Kev, I, I'm finding it hard to um, to remember what day it was. I, I, I forgot it was Easter until about five minutes before the kids burst in demanding chocolate. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I, I think we're week three. I think um, next week the uh, the government may make a decision as to whether we um, have to extend this. But um, yeah, the weeks have just kind of dragged by as they normally do. We've had the long weekend for Easter, obviously, which mm. was um, much mm-hmm. like um, the working week. Frankly, um, yeah, not much to report from my end. What about you? No, it's all very Groundhog Day at the moment, eh? It is, day, it is. Of. It was nice. It was nice to not have to juggle kids and work for four days. That was yeah, quite that, a blessed relief. 
Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Um, but obviously you had um, important work to do um, while you were at home with with the family. Can you um, can you give us an update on the uh, on the DIY project? Maybe maybe paint the scene a little bit as to what you're actually building and um, and why. Okay. And your background, your your skills. So I have no skills in DIY whatsoever. Okay. Um, the, the most I've ever really done is, is hang a picture. Yep. How did yep. that go? We, um, it took a few tries. <laughs> it's straight if you look at it from the right angle. If you have your head, head on a tilt. Head on a, on a tilt. <laughs> yep. So I decided for the for lockdown yep. to, uh, to build a wardrobe in my son's room because I thought I had a drill and um, that's the kind <laughs> of thing you do it. when you've got a drill and it's, it's a really good excuse to buy more power tools. Yeah, which yeah. you yeah. bought before the lockdown started, I take it. I did. So actually what happened was that the day the lockdown was announced, the day that they said, okay, we're going to level three and then 48 hours in level to level four. Um, you thought, I'm going to prepare by buying some power tools. <laughs> some power tools, just in case, you know, the it turns into like the road and gangs yeah. of roving cannibals. Fair enough. Coming around. Um, and It'll I went safe to the, the hardware store yep. and um, it was absolute chaos. And, Is that right? Uh, oh, total chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, every every man in there, every man was in there buying power tools and plasterboard. And every and, woman was trying to stop the man buying power tools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Saying, you don't know children, how to use it. Children crying, <laughs> blood on the floor. And you could see just the fear in the dad's eyes at the thought of this quarantine and, good God, I need something to do. <laughs> <laughs> right, but so yeah. so you so how big is this wardrobe? So this wardrobe, it's uh, about sixteen hundred wide by sixteen hundred um, meters. Sixteen hundred meters wide, correct? It's one point six it? kilometers wide. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the reason I ask you is because <laughs> a mutual friend of ours um, uh, had another friend, so we're now at. Uh, a friend thrice removed, I believe, who, who anyway um, helped his um, his father and his brother build a house in um, in the country, sort of near uh, near Wellington. And a house. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, build a house, and wow. uh, which which went very, very well, until they got about halfway through, and they realised the door was something like four metres high, and they only <laughs> then realised that they'd been working at slight cross purposes. Some of them had been using centimetres, and some of them had been using millimetres. And so, so since hearing that story, I mean, it's it's a very grand house. The, the proportions are a little bit out from what I understand. <laughs> places um, which door but, was four meters high i mean if it was the toilet or something that i think it was the terrible. toilet yeah the front do- the front door you sort of had to crawl through on your hands and knees but then the toilet was a very grand versailles like entrance <laughs> um, to the throne room into oh, the throne room and yeah. and and the windows were about eight meters off the ground and you know were about sort of 20 centimeters wide um so yeah so I, ever since hearing that story i've always just wanted to double check you know what what scale we're using um mm. no yeah. millimeters has been uh, been my go-to although <laughs> what's really confusing is that when you look for like okay how do you do this on youtube mm. almost everything is american um mm. which is all inches and feet you know mm. and it's it's just uh, it's just confusing um, yeah. But anyway, I managed to. We've tried to keep it relatively simple, but it's quite large. It goes to the roof, which is a high stud, so it's about mm-hmm. um, 
2.7 metres high. Right. And uh, we've pr- probably bitten off slightly more than we could chew by putting uh, a cupboard above the wardrobe, so built-in wardrobe oh, fancy. cupboard on top. Oh, yeah. Right, um, deluxe. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. And a little sauna just sort of... <laughs> Which has proved the plumbing on that was tricky. Um, so we and might have avoided the insurance. But we and obviously know. the light show that goes with the sauna was was mm. um, complicated. Well, actually rigging the disco ball was hard. That's the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. But mm, you got some, you got some tips right. from the Bellagio um, in Las Vegas, I understand. It's we did, modeled on, It's modelled on their general approach. It looks very similar. It looks very similar. <laughs> oh, good, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. And is it all so in how, one how, piece? Is it actually finished? Uh, no. Well, no, it can't because I can't. I need a pla- I can't plaster for shit. So, um, right. I need a. I need a an expert plasterer to come in and cover up all the terrible handiwork and all the mistakes. Is that a little and, plug uh, for a potential sponsor for the podcast? Yeah, if there are any plasterers out there who want to plaster for, for sponsorship. Yeah, Just didn't know that didn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, it's been a long day. It's been a long day up the ladder. <laughs> and the stress, the stress of, of putting. Th- I find DIY incredibly stressful. Like some people, you know, that the idea of the uh, um, of particularly the Kiwi bloke in his shed, you know, you sort of just mm. take yourself off to the shed for a little bit of peace and quiet, a little bit of Zen meditation while you tinker with an engine or you build a. I don't know, a boat or something like that. That's never appealed to me. Like, I would go out to that shed and instantly crush my thumb in a vice, drop a hammer on my foot, cut my arm off, uh, and be screaming at my wife and my children to, to pass me the nail before I fell off the ladder or something <laughs> like that. Like, it would just be, be like a torture chamber. How much DIY have you done? Um, do, you, or do you feel as part of being a, a, a Kiwi male that it's something you you know you kind of should be having a crack at? It, well, yeah, I do, and then I then I have a crack at, and I think fuck, this is why I don't do this because it never <laughs> yeah, it, it's never, never as you sit works. in the emergency room, <laughs> as I sit in the emergency room. Also, the doctors are saying you really shouldn't do this. This, this is Mr. Smith this, again, yeah, yes, yes, uh, a regular customer of ours. Um, no, I yeah, I mean, I sort of feel that there are some there are some things that I, I feel I should be able to do and should be fairly straightforward. For example, for example, hanging a picture. But I think mm. actually, life is too short, and my marriage um, <laughs> is too fragile um, for me to really, uh, you know, pursue uh, with any kind of vigor. And um, I mean, the, the, to give you an example, my. <laughs> um, my kids decided that they wanted a vegetable garden um, oh, at nice. the bottom of our yeah, the, the bottom of our mm. section, uh, and I thought, oh, yep, yep, that okay, fair enough. It would be quite nice to get them into um, into a little bit of gardening. So I went along to the to the hardware store and uh, and assumed correctly that they would have kit set vegetable you know planter beds, very very low, sort of just you know shin high kind of beds um, that you'd be able to put together fairly easily yeah yeah. Um, and uh, and so literally so I got this thing home and it was literally just some planks of wood and four stakes so the idea is you drive the stakes into the ground you put the you know it's like two or three planks of wood high around the corners and you 
screw them into the into the stakes. I thought, okay, that's fairly straightforward. I shouldn't be able to... Idiot proof. Like, yeah. Right. It, well, yes. And, 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 that's and what they marketed as. That's what they marketed at. But they, their, their <laughs> idea of idiots, they, they, set a, they set a fairly <laughs> high bar for idiots, <laughs> one that I was not able to, to cross. Um, so my first mistake was trying to screw the, um, the screws in with a... Uh, like a manual screwdriver, which was just impossible. It was, you know, I don't know what those stakes were made out of, but it must have been, you know, mahogany, yellow diamond or something like that. It was just impossible. So I thought, okay, well, I'll get my... um, my electric drill, which I bought about 15 years ago on a on a whim, uh, which is woefully underpowered, and of course, you know, none of the batteries were charged. So I spent about half an hour trying to charge the battery enough to to get the thing. And of course, that didn't work. So luckily, I've got a very um, forgiving neighbour, and I went and borrowed one of his drills, which was a plug-in one. And I thought you were going to say he, that you asked him to build it for you. Well, I should have. I should have. I yeah. I got this drill off him, and it was a plug-in. And he, his view is clearly the more power, the better. And so I, I, I thought I was. It's a good I thought I might have been. I thought I might have been a little bit out of my league when I sort of revved it slightly, and it made a noise like a fucking Concorde taking off or something. But I thought this will definitely put the screws in. And sure enough, the first one went through that stake like a hot knife through butter. The second one must have hit a knot or something because it started spinning furiously in the screw, burring the hell out of it. Um, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to go a little bit harder, try and get it in. And then the, the screw started smoking, and I thought maybe I should stop. <laughs> the screw started smoking. Uh, the screw started smoking. It might have started <laughs> melting a little bit. And of what course, kind the of kids, drill was it? The, well, I don't know. I don't know. What did it, it look was, like? Uh, it had a V8, I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, double fat, cam. Fat bore Sorry. exhaust. Um, and of course, the kids are watching this with 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 fascination. They're learning lots of new swear words as they go. And I say to Alex, our boy, "Don't touch that screw. <laughs> I think it might be hot." So, of course, the very first thing he does the minute I turn my back to put the drill down is touch the screw. Nice. He shrieks in pain. He now has a permanent tattoo of the screw <laughs> imprinted on his uh, on his <laughs> finger fingertip. Um, and, it was uh, that hot that you branded your son. I branded my son with a Phillips <laughs> head screw. And all I can say is he probably deserved it. Um, and uh, miraculously, I actually managed to put the uh, the vegetable thing together. But it's just such a shit thing. Like, all the soil is kind of falling out of one corner. I mean, one screw has kind of fused with the wood into which it has been screwed. Um, and it's just all lopsided. And I sort of thought, you know what? I would much prefer just to pay somebody to do this for me. <laughs> and and I think the rest of my family wishes that too, because the, the stress and the anger, like I just basically went off in a half for the rest of the afternoon and wouldn't talk to anybody. <laughs> Emasculated. <laughs> Having branded my son with a screw, <laughs> I then wouldn't talk to anybody, <laughs> which I thought was the mature thing to do. That's it, that's it. That sounds absolutely reasonable. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Anyway, so, that, so that's my DIY capacity. I, I wouldn't have a clue what I'm doing. I think that's um, it, eh? I think it either goes really well or yeah. really, you feel really badly. Yeah. 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 It can be enormously satisfying or just super frustrating. I don't feel like there's a huge amount of middle 
ground. No, that's right. Because you, know? right. you either do it well, like I was doing this wardrobe, the framing, if you didn't get it right, well... <laughs> That's another 50 bucks worth of wood down the <laughs> <laughs> <Maybe> kindling. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but yeah. I, never, I never manage to plan my DIY projects very carefully before I start. So, so I'll get together roughly what I think I'll need. And then, of course, it never is what I need. So I'll go down to the, the hardware store and buy a screw, <laughs> take it home, realise I One need time. another screw. <laughs> so I go back down and realise I need it's a, a, good different, excuse a different type of hammer. leaving the house. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Yeah. But, I mean, like, when, you, when you're making your sixth trip down to the hardware store that day <laughs> for the same project and the people are starting to kind of look at you as though you don't entirely know what you're doing, you start thinking... Oh, maybe they had a point. Maybe, maybe there is an easier way to do this, which is pay somebody to do it. Um, but, but that's did what you, you see down at the the hardware store is that you you know there's just lots of dads sort of aimlessly wandering, wandering the looking at every single screw, <laughs> just anything. Thinking, to I not don't have know to what I'm Go doing. home in the weekend. Yeah, yeah. and the, yeah, yeah, exactly. And now the whole thing is trying to pretend you know what you're doing. Well, you really don't. So when you ask the guys who work there for some, for some, oh yeah, um, I'm just looking for one of those uh, those drilly things, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and they're like, oh, you're talking about the jigsaw, the uh, reciprocating saw, the power saw, the <laughs> yeah, that one. Okay. Oh, any of them? <laughs> really? like which one? Which one will cut some wood for me? Noob. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you see the? Um, there was a news article that. Um, that uh, claims for uh, DIY-related injury through ACC. If you're listening from overseas, we have an amazing scheme called the Accident Compensation Corporation, which basically, if you injure yourself, it doesn't even have to be somebody uh, somebody else's fault. Well, it, or it can be somebody else's fault, but even if it's your own fault, the government will basically pay you. Um, for which the is not. Yeah, for treatment. It's not really an incentive to, to injure yourself, I realised as I was saying that. So it's, a, it's an incredible scheme. But they do keep track of the, uh, of the claims that they receive. And there are some hilarious ones, you know, trampoline-related um, injuries and so on. Uh, but since the lockdown has, has occurred, apparently DIY-related claims have skyrocketed, Kev. Have they? Well, <laughs> well I, put in, I put in about 12 myself. So yeah. <laughs> so I, I had a couple of near misses, so that's not surprising at all. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's it's not it's not just us who really have no idea what they're doing. Um, it's it's probably a significant chunk of the New Zealand population. Well, I imagine the volume of DIY that's been done in New Zealand currently, probably worldwide, is just yeah. gone absolutely nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, yeah. Do you feel like you've made the most of uh, of the lockdown in terms of your um, your DIYing and your general sort of home maintenance and so on? <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, well, I've run out of material, so... <laughs> so you don't really have much choice. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do any more. Yeah. I, yeah, I was hoping to do a little bit more, but we've run out of material, because like I say, you know, keep keep screwing it up and having to chuck it out. <laughs> no, I, I actually, to your point about not planning, D, I, I did try to plan this one as much as I could, and I carefully drew up a plan, and I took it down to the hardware store, and there was a guy down there in the trade yard who was a legend, and he talked me through it. He said, yeah, you'll need X, Y, and Z, and this is how much you need because um, I'd never had to buy lengths of timber before. Yeah. Or lumber for our American <laughs> listeners, both of you. Um, <laughs> so that was like I knew I was kind of getting more or less what I needed, and he said, you want these screws. So he was a legend, actually. And we, what was really cool is he didn't make me feel like a total dick. <laughs> like I right. didn't know what I was doing. So That, that was takes quite, quite some doing, actually, Kev. It takes quite a lot of doing. 
Yeah. I've never been was... able to talk to you without making you feel like a total dick. Yeah, I think Pretty it was enough. some kind of like emotional savant. <laughs> Just to. I don't, well, I reckon, should, I reckon, he should probably I reckon, be like the lead negotiator at the UN or something like he, that. But he's working yeah, with Bristol. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, they're kind of as much marriage counselors or guidance counselors as anything else, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Because, they're, I, because them, I think they? you... they're just the, the frustrated, downtrodden suburban dad yeah. who goes in there. Yeah. But, but and you, then it's, but like, you, it's like going to the gym. Oh, sorry, you carry on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you go into that. I mean, in, in a way, it's it's not it's not similar because you go into a hardware store in a state of um, anxiety. Well, I do, anyway. Anxiety, fear, often, a lot. And and, and crucially, in a, in, a, in a really kind of emotionally vulnerable position, you are, you, are, you are sort of seeking guidance for something that culture tells you you should really know what the hell you're mm-hmm. doing, and you, and you don't. Um, so without, and there's nowhere know, that screams vulnerability like a hardware store. You know, <laughs> nowhere right. says, come in here and let's talk about your feelings <laughs> like a hardware store. <laughs> well, actually, I, funnily enough, um, you know, this, this possibly reveals more about me than I, I really want to reveal on this podcast. I always found garden centres incredibly soothing places. And, and I don't know if it's a vulnerability thing or if it really goes back to my mother. Um, because I do... <laughs> this, this is a deep well. Yeah, we it is a deep well. We could, we, could, we could spend several hours on this topic alone. But I, but I do remember as a, as a child going to, you know, mum dragging, usually dragging me along. Well, no, actually, I used to quite enjoy going along. But... Um, she would she would say, Oh, we just we just gotta to go to the garden garden centre and just pick up a few things. And I remember even as a kid thinking, God, these are restful places. They're you know, it's just a sort of a gentle breeze. There's always some trickling water in the background. Um and you didn't have this, a lot of friends at school, did you? I no, I didn't. I did I did have a rock which was um very, <laughs> oh, very soothing and, and kind was it to Derek? me. Derek. Derek, yeah. Yep, and he had a friend, uh, Derek, and his his friend Rock, um, who were nice. who were my mm. friends. Yeah, um, but no, uh, but to this day, I find garden centres very soothing places in a way that hardware store. I think because you go to a hardware store and there's just so much variety of shit, you know, mm. like I like even you know you want a screw well. I don't know. You're going to have to give me some details. What kind of screw? What are you drilling into? How long does the screw have to be? You know, Phillips head, flat head. Is it going to be self-tapping? Uh, you know, the diameter. Mm. It's like, I don't know. You go to a garden centre, and yes, there are lots of plants there, but you, I don't know. I don't feel overwhelmed by choice in the same way. Because, well, in theory, every, a garden centre is way more complicated than a hardware store. In theory, right? plants yeah. are, Plants are... Fucking complicated. A, the names are all in Latin. You don't know what it is. You didn't, you you didn't know, take Latin. Kind of... You didn't take Latin at school, Kevin. You don't no, know. I was in woodwork. Classification. You're out. Well, here we go. I was. I was failing woodwork. <laughs> Building wardrobes in woodwork. <laughs> well, how do you feel about because a lot of these hardware stores now are hybrid uh, garden centre hardware stores? How do you feel about those places? Oh, look, I, I, I just kind of hurry. I don't have strong feelings, but I certainly feel a sense of release when I've made it through the hardware, hardware um, section. And, mm. and, and, the, and the garden, the garden um, place is always outside, and you, you have the, the smell of rich loam and, and, um, and com- compost and manure. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and rhododendrons. And, and I sort of feel a sense of, a sense of escape. Aluminum as well. Aluminum. Sometimes. <laughs> I don't know what hardware stores you go to. But, um, I was but still yeah. in the hardware store at that point. Sorry. Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah so, no, we, we do have the, the hybrid stores. And sometimes, you know, they can be, um, they can be interesting if, if, the, if the garden um, section can, uh, can transgress into the, the hardware aisles, for example, with your, your, your pruning forks. Mm. Um, or your your spades. Uh, I enjoy you know looking at a good spade. Um, well, this is but, quite serious hardware to be had on the gardening front. Oh my know. god, you can spend so Pitch much money eaters, on gardening stuff. Mowers, hedge trimmers. I mean, come on. Oh, you it's know, good stuff. but just on the just yeah. on the plants. Like if you if you think oh, I'm just going to plant up this tiny little patch of garden, you know, three hundred dollars later on, you know, all the um, and a ride on mower. <laughs> and a right on mile for that corner corner yeah, section. Corner. Get it just right. Your your wife said, "Look, maybe a weed eater would have been fine, or or maybe some you know some secateurs, but you got a right on mower." And do you um, find you always go in and you just or you, well, sorry, you always walk out having spent way more than you mm, intended, mm. Mm. and usually with a, with a Whitaker's peanut slab. Yeah, just tucked in the back pocket for, for later. Mm. I, and mm. I don't know whether that's because um, I'm incredibly, I'm the perfect consumer. Like I go in there and just instantly just buy whatever's put in front of me. Or because I'm woefully naive about how much things cost, you know? Like I think part of me is still locked into about 1995 prices for things. I haven't quite updated for inflation. <laughs> anyway. So do you I get a bit know. of a shock then when you buy a Coke and it's not 50 cents? I, I do, a little bit. <laughs> I feel slightly what? ripped off. <laughs> and, I, and I go into long rants about back in my day. <laughs> which endears when, me. When I was a bike, we get two of these. But... Which endears me to everybody I come across, as you can mm. imagine. Oh, people, love the, oh, people love back in But I know to your point about gardening, I actually enjoy it. You're good on the gardening, actually. I've seen, you know... Your garden, you're very tender with the roses, I, I, and yeah. uh, you like a good rose. You, you are, you're good. You know your way around, actually. It's a... But I think gardening. Thank you. Um, I, I mean, I was going to say that's total bullshit. But I think gardening is one of those. It's one of those occupations you'll never. I really enjoy it. Like in all seriousness, I do genuinely enjoy gardening because I find you can you can switch your brain off quite easily and and just um, you know sort of while away. An hour or two, you know, quite quite easily, in, in in the same way that I'm sure that people who go into the into the shed to you know to whittle wood or whatever they do um, would. But it is satisfying, to. eh? Like all of that. It's satisfying. satisfying. Even mowing the lawns is because you see yeah. immediate immediate well, progress. I, I was just going to say the same thing about like weeding. You know, like weeding is kind of one of those traditionally painful tasks but the the great thing about weeding is that you can actually kind of see progress you can sort of see where you've been mm. um but I do but it is one of those um those pastimes that you'll never kind of get to the end of i mean in, in terms of your sort of knowledge and all the rest of it, you know I, I go to a garden center and yeah i find it sort of slightly overwhelming because you, you, you my wife is is kind of like well what about this plant? And I was saying, well, well, you know, I don't think we're supposed to be planting that until autumn and uh, whether we've got the right soil. So there is actually all that kind of... Do you take the Yates Garden Guide with you when you go? Sometimes, or I certainly read up. Yeah. I study up before I go down there because it is, um, 
yeah, the Bible for, for New Zealand gardeners anyway. But um, I think it's good for the kids to see their parents doing this kind of thing, though. Yeah. Maybe it's not good to see what you did with the veggie patch, and I'm certainly not letting my children uh, climb under the wardrobe that I've built. Um, <laughs> no. Just because no. it's, you know, rickety. Well, well, it, no, I think, I think you're right. I think they, I think they, I think they quite healthy. enjoy it, and certainly with the gardening. You know, whenever I go out and garden, God damn them they always want to come out and help as well and 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 that's i like the idea of that you know of them helping Mm. out and we can sort of spend a bit of time in the fresh air together but usually their idea of gardening is just chopping things to pieces um you know and and so occasionally they'll convince me to to pass them the secateurs or the the pruning shears or something like that and i I, literally it will feel like i've turned my back on them for a second and then i I kind of look back and it looks like one of those world war one kind of landscapes on the western front (laughs) you know it's just devastation as far as the eye can see (laughs) it's like the som has kind of descended on my gut and i think my god i just gave you I just gave you a pruning fork. How the how the hell did you reach five meters into the air to destroy that oak of a hundred years growth? That was that's impressive. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're the opposite of the green thumb. They're kind of like Agent Orange in, in small mm. human form. Um, <laughs> yeah, like little bundles of napalm just wandering yeah, around, yeah, that, yeah, destroying kind of. everything. Yeah, yeah, but but no, I think I think it is quite nice to to have a few of those little projects that you can kind of periodically um, do with them. Yeah, well, anything. Yeah, they, I get them to water. I think that's about as much as. Yeah. Um, well, they, but again, just, they get so but again, bored, watering. They? Like you can guarantee, the only thing that will not be watered is your garden. Yeah, you, you will be. Yeah, you will be. Guaranteed. You will be drenched. They will be pretty much drowned. Uh, the mm. garden will be bone dry. However, <laughs> usually. <laughs> Although my five-year-old was taken to reminding me during the summer that the garden hadn't been watered. So she's, mm. she went through a little phase of getting quite vigilant about the garden mm. and not doing anything about it, just reminding me that this needed, <laughs> need, needed to happen. <laughs> so, I Dad, mean, up, up your game, mate. Come on. <laughs> Plants not going to water themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Headlines. Are you one of the um, 88% of New Zealanders, I think it is, who, um, who approves of the government's handling of, um, of the, the coronavirus? Oh, is that, is that the latest stat, 88%? Yeah, apparently Comar Brunton um, did some research into yeah, New Zealanders' attitudes to, or their trust in the government to make the right decisions, and something like 88% of New Zealanders either strongly agree or agree that their government's making the right decisions. And it was interesting, actually. It was an interesting study because Comar Brunton's a... Um, well, it's kind of an international conglomerate of companies, and so they did the same research in the G7 and Japan and the US. Well, mm. the US is part of G7 and so on. Um, you know, across across the board, and and New Zealanders' trust in in their government in these times was just you know twenty odd points higher than the um, the next closest. Uh, but I mean, we're, I like, think, we're like that, aren't we? We're a very... Um, quite a I, I would have answered agree to that question, but we are. We're a very trusting sort of lot, yeah. I think. Yeah, and I think also we're sort of such a, a kind of a close-knit... 
I, I, well, put it this way, I, I guess it's a, it's a simpler kind of prospect in, in many ways than it would be in a federal system in, in Australia mm. or, or in, certainly in the United States, um, which is just, from what I can tell, an absolute nightmare um, of a, you know, a, a, like seriously kind of dereliction of duty type um, situation over there. But even so, you know, like New Zealand's a small country, um, it's a, it's a, you know, I don't know what the opposite of a federal system is, but certainly it's a, um, it's a single um, house of parliament. You, everybody knows everybody as well. Like I think information gets out quite easily, and it's quite, it's quite, e- well, it's a lot easier in New Zealand to have a sort of a single source of truth, um, mm. which for us is either the prime minister or the minister of health, uh, or the sorry, the director general of health. Um, kind of keeping things very, very clear and, and, and that kind of sense of community spirit, I think probably, you know, just gut instinct is, is easier to kind of engender in a smaller community than in a larger one. I don't know, what, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I'd say, I think that's probably true. Eh? I mean, look, if you live in America, say you live in, I don't know, one of the southern states or a long way from the coasts, the, the government, I get the sense, you know, I, you know, I only speak from what you read and... Um, what you hear, like the government is this thing, this entity hmm. that's sort of over there and does this stuff. And because they have what they have a federal level, and then there's a state level, and is and there another local level? level? Yeah, and yeah, local there are level like too. Like so, level type things. Mm, so the individual mayors have a lot more power. Yeah, and then you got your governor and all that kind of thing, right? Yeah. So I get the sense that it's probably just government is this thing that's a lot more remote even though you're very familiar with whoever the president is yeah you know yeah well, yes you're right here it's it's like and i think particularly because we live in wellington right where the, the capital and where government's situated and you see these people wandering around all the time ministers of this and that mm. and um it does it just feels it feels like a more intimate sort of thing i mean everyone's calling jacinda Ardern. cindy that's probably her texting you right now <laughs> yeah, sorry, I should have Just checking in. Yeah, yeah. It is, it, no, but it is interesting. It's, um, I mean, yeah. I, I think I think New Zealanders often do tend to kind of trust their trust the public service. Hmm. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, comparatively speaking, whether we we trust them more than other countries or not. I think there's usually a fair amount of kind of eye rolling at bureaucracy and you know, the, yeah. you know we, we we have our own complaints about the nanny state and and so on but i i think the sort of the public trust and the kind of the the function of government and the apparatus of government is 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 probably reasonably high like i think if you ask that question do you trust um the government or you know certainly the um the, the, the apparatus of government, you know, the, the ministries and the agencies and so on, do you trust them to kind of act in the best interests of New Zealanders? It probably wouldn't be, you know, as high as, as 88% or whatever this, this um, poll was saying. But my sense is that it would still be, you know, pretty respectable. Like, I don't think... Um, we are I mean, also, it is probably, you know, we're white middle class too, right? Which is well, that's true. Yeah, that, that's more favourable... To it than I think. It, I think if you asked the Maori population what you thought of the government, they would have a. That's true. You, they would have pretty different, a very view. different view. Um, yeah. But I mean, New Zealand is you know um, one of the the most transparent, least corrupt 
nations in the world, you know, I don't think there's any kind of sense mm. that people would be making decisions for nefarious reasons. You might you might claim that politicians are kind of muddle-headed or, um, you know, naive or whatever, but I don't think there's any sense that they'd be doing it for their own personal interests. And it's certainly not in the same way that Donald Trump seems to be acting at the moment. Um, I mean, frankly, yeah, I don't think yeah. he seems to have much of a strategy from what anybody can tell beyond getting through the next the next news cycle, you know, sort of say the first thing that comes into his mouth. But The difficulty with interpreting head. all of that, though, eh? the, all the noise from overseas and sort of understanding how it compares is just working out what's actually going on. Yeah. Because, you could, like, I try and read, you know, read all the Washington Post and the New York Times and whatever, Breitbart, and then also go Fox. and read a bit of Breitbart. No, I will. Yeah, totally. I'll go to read Breitbart and Fox and just to get a sense of what's being said on both sides. But they're so far apart. Yeah. The extremes, you're like, well, what is the middle ground i don't think anybody even knows but is there really it's a middle so ground polarized. but is there really a middle ground between the likes of breitbart and fox and say the new york times and washington post i mean isn't it the new york times no and that's what post? i'm saying there isn't it, a middle ground yeah what i'm saying though is isn't the you know those no you're wrong media that, <laughs> what? No. basically the truth <laughs> and the others are just cranks who have done a good enough job of of suggesting that that they are a, um, a legitimate alternative opinion as opposed to just crazy old uh, men largely, you know, yelling from the sidelines without knowing what the hell's going on and what they're talking about. Well, it's just very ideological now, eh? Yeah. Like, it's very much about different idea, the conservative ideology and the liberal ideology, so it mm. seems. And again, just looking from afar and with the general interest, that's what it seems like. What we should try and do is get someone who lives there on as a guest on the show, and they can uh, absolutely they can tell us all about it. Yeah, because it, one one thing that sort of going back to or kind of linking this um, this conversation together is is a sort of a general, um, I think a greater trust in the role of government. Um, you know that it should play an important role in these kind of crises here in New Zealand. Like, <clears throat> I don't think we have quite the same tradition. I mean, there certainly is a kind of a school of thought, a conservative school of thought that um, that business should, you know, government should get out of the way of business as much as possible. And, you know, certainly we went through a big um, phase of deregulation in, in the 80s and, and early 90s, uh, which was about kind of reducing government regulation. But I don't, th it, it's never got to the level where, you know, people would say, as they did in, in the US, um, that, you know, you want to shrink government just so small that you could drown it into a bath in, in a bathtub, which I think Newt Gingrich or somebody like that said um, in the early 90s. Uh, like, I don't, I don't think there's ever been that kind of um, sense that government shouldn't um, lead in these kind of national... Crises, and actually, there was another interesting article um, which a mutual friend of ours sent round this week. Uh, some some you know prominent business leaders here in New Zealand, kind of claiming that they had you know put in massive orders for for protective personal equipment for health workers and so on, um, on the assumption that that the government was was feckless and hadn't got organised, and uh, you know, and and the article sort of said. You know, they, they went to meet ministers and it was made very clear that actually the government was well ahead of where mm. they thought they were um, yeah. and, had, and, and had got their act together. But I thought it was an interesting kind of um, take on that sort of that private enterprise government sort of relationship. And, and it was almost as though you, you got the sense that, that 
these businessmen were sort of almost trying to to get a little bit of credit you know so much so much credit mm. has been given to the government for you know for being a strong centralized organizing um body that um that you know um, business has got a you know, huge role to play sure but that they'd almost been kind of shunted out um of of things um in a way that certainly hasn't happened in the u.s you know um jared kushner the the guy who has failed upwards all his life you know vaguely putting in calls to Silicon Valley um, gurus to to try and hack the coronavirus, um, which is Mm. just kind of, I don't know, if they can do that, great. But you would sort of think that the um, the federal government would would have a much larger role to play or sort of get their act together. You'd think so, eh? but I mean, here, like, if if the national government, like, and not national, the party, if the government didn't step in, like, who else would do it? Oh, you know, there, yeah. there, there's no alternative to what your your local city council. You'd be absolutely fucked. They can't even get the buses <laughs> to run on time. Can you imagine them trying to prevent a viral outbreak? Uh, <laughs> it would be, it would be absolutely would be a bit of a disaster. Yeah, yeah you know, it'd be a total disaster. So I think that's the thing, isn't it? The parliamentary system. You look to you look to government for the big ticket stuff um, mm. for when big things happen mm. to provide that that level of guidance, I guess, I guess that's yeah, one yeah. of the big differences. But, um, yeah, that article was interesting. I, it was like, oh, look, we don't want any credit, but, hey, here we are putting out yeah. a press release and getting interviewed about yeah, yeah. what we've done. And, oh, the government was all prepared, but we basically... We, know, we, we told them, them they should be prepared. They and should then they be turned around and, and said, yeah, 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 we are. <laughs> so they, yeah. Oh, it was a, weird it was a very strange article, and, and, and possibly we should post it... Um, uh, so people can kind of read it for themselves and, and make of it we what should. you will. But I think we said last episode, you know, the real test is going to be how things go from here. You know, it's one thing to, to flatten the curve and and to um, and to come out of, or at least sort of start easing the lockdown restrictions when you say you 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 will. Um, the next question is is how um, things recover over the over the coming months, and mm-hmm. and you know that's anybody's guess as to how that will go. I think if anybody sort of predicts what uh, New Zealand or indeed the world looks like in six months' time, you know, they're probably um, making it up. <clears throat> Certainly, you know, well, the one being a macroeconomist uh, economist myself, <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue. But. The one thing that will still be there, though, mate, is gardens and hardware stores. That's true. Gardening and DIY. Yeah. The, the constants in life. In gardens you know, we trust. In gardens we trust, yeah. Could be an and episode title. DIY. <laughs> Next week. Next week. Yeah. Because frankly, I'm quite tired now, so I'm thinking I might stop and we'll do this again next week. <laughs> Sounds good. It'll be a pleasure. All right, mate. Good to talk to you. See you later. Catch you later. Bye. Bye.